Welcome to Kaiju. Throw in different theme music. I'll do like the Godzilla yeah. theme music or something. Sounds good. Maybe a roar. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong type. Roar. Hold on. <laughs> no, I tried to do this when we go see the movie. I could not do a Godzilla roar for the, to Here, save my life. Let me, let me let me see if I can get it. Okay. Spot on. Spot yeah. on. Wow. <laughs> wow, Eric. That is really good. Man really of a good. billion voices. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Kaiju Cast with Aaron and Polly. I guess this is me. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. I was I was so thrown off. I was like, whoa, okay, we're going in. How do I introduce myself? Right. <laughs> I don't know my name. What's what's going on? I get that so, sometimes. I'm like, what is my name? Oh my God. <laughs> so in lieu of our regularly scheduled Funny Books podcast, uh, we decided to get together and talk about all things uh, Godzilla and Kaiju and MonsterVerse because uh, there is a lot of Godzilla-related content out there. So uh, you're going to get this in each one of our feeds this week. If you are not a regular Funny Books listener, I recommend you check it out. We just we just released the uh, 14th annual Funny Book Awards. A lot of conversation about comics and pop culture in that episode, so uh, be sure to check that out in the Funny Books feed. Yeah, and we kind of talked a little bit briefly, very briefly about this in our um, year-end uh, pop culture wrap-up episode right before that, um, in that I think one of us noted that this has been a very good year. Well, 2023 was a very good year for, for Godzilla fans, and 2024 really starting off strong, too. Yeah. The, the reason we wanted to talk today is about this is Monarch Legacy of Monsters had its season finale, Godzilla Minus One still in theaters, and... and um a re-release coming up at the end of this month, uh, January 26th in black and white. And, uh, you know, we've got Godzilla X Kong, whatever, however you say that Godzilla and Kong <laughs> um, times Kong time Godzilla times Kong, the new empire coming out later this year. So it seemed like a good time to talk about these kinds of things. Absolutely. But, you know, first of all, I think our listeners need to know a little bit about our history with Godzilla's and the MonsterVerse, we need to establish our Godzilla street cred. I feel like Wayne should go first here because I feel Wayne like, is. I, I think Wayne is one of the strongest kaiju lovers on this podcast. Eh? All right. Well, besides the obvious of having watched all of the movies growing up, I read the Marvel comics Godzilla stuff God, pretty like heavily, with uh, Godzilla walking across America and dealing uh-huh. with. Hercules and giant robots and shield. He fought shield all the he time. Fought shield all the time. Yeah. I love that book so much. I wish. And I think they're going to, I think they're re-releasing that in an omnibus. I think maybe this year. Um, I love those books. The, the a classic, I think it's Herb Trimp artwork. Uh, it is a phenomenal series. And I, I, I hope I they do release it. an omnibus. Cause I would love to reread those. Yeah. But yeah, those books were so good. Uh, of course, you know, as more movies came out, I uh, basically I watch anything that has a giant monster in it. Unfortunately, I have not seen any of the newest stuff that's been out in the last six months or so, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll get you caught up today, Wayne. It's worth it. You, you, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say highly recommended. Uh, uh, pretty much all of it. Well, I... Uh... I got hooked on Godzilla and, you know, the monster verse uh, 
when I was a kid and, you know, we had the, the they, they had a movie program on the ABC affiliate, uh, you know, daytime programming called Dialing for Dollars, as I recall. Huh. And, you know, it was, it was a hosted movie show on, you know, it's like 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And they'd show a movie and, you know, at the commercial breaks, if you die, if you were the lucky caller, you'd win whatever dollars were available. Um, but I was I was always I loved when they, they would do movie theme weeks and they'd always do, you know, at least once a year, they'd do a Godzilla movie theme week. And I just my my favorite of those was always Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. I loves me some Mechagodzilla, uh, you know, giant robot monster. I mean, what isn't wonderful about that? Uh, and li- like Wayne, I have not seen yet seen Godzilla minuses, minus minuses, minus one. Uh, I also haven't seen Shin Godzilla yet. I need to do that. But uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I would say spoilers because we're going to talk about mi- minus one here in a few minutes. Um, minus one is definitely the one worth spending your time on. Sure. I, I find Shin Godzilla a bit boardroomy. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is like 90% of it is literally set in people in boardrooms talking about Godzilla rather than showing <laughs> Godzilla. It's all about like, what's the government doing? What, you know, to, it's, to, it's about how bureaucracy deals with Godzilla. It literally is. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, that, that's not an exaggeration. Well, and I will tell you that that's what's kept me from watching the movie is uh, you and others have said, nah, not that good of a Godzilla movie. And I'm like, all right, not burning, but uh, you know, I, I, I tend to really, enjoy the Godzilla movies with the exception of that Matt Matthew Broderick 1990s uh, fiasco. Oh, no, I love that one. God, <laughs> I love that one. Oh, I may it watch gets, that again today. It gets oh, so God. much wrong about Godzilla. It gets so the, much wrong. Well, and that's the thing is I do enjoy it. I don't think of it as a Godzilla movie. I just it's, think of it as a generic yeah. kaiju movie. And as that, it's pretty good. But it's got yeah, the it's baby Godzillas, and I love yeah. the baby Godzillas, which are basically like the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. Exactly. Well, oh, as, if, if you it. think of it as a as a you know giant dinosaur movie, that's fine. But it yeah. is not a kaiju. In my opinion, it's not a kaiju. It's not a uh, it's not a uh, Godzilla film. I could see the uh, I I could see that that criticism. I I still very much enjoy it. Um, because the thing that I enjoy about Godzilla is that he's not really a dinosaur. You know, he's yeah. he's he is some sort of mutant thing, uh, you know, almost almost a little humanoid in, in a way, you know, w- which you know derives from the guy in the suit. Uh, I dig that about Godzilla, um, mm-hmm. you know, that he is he is other there is he certainly has, you know, reptilian and, and dinosaur aspects, but he is not, in fact, a, a regular old dinosaur. The human aspect, I can't help but when I think of Godzilla remember Godzilla versus Kong where he he does something and then he does a aw shucks really yeah. raises the arm yeah. and oh. <laughs> but you know I, I I think that we got the height of Godzilla in the uh the 80s slash 90s Godzilla cartoon with Godzuki uh <laughs> <laughs> Godzuki <laughs> but Andrew talk to us about your uh, Godzilla street cred you know, much very similar to you growing up. Uh, it was a staple on like Saturday afternoon television. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, as someone who didn't want to or Sunday, Sunday afternoon television, as someone who did not enjoy golf, professional golf with the three channels we had. Uh, I would frequently watch old movies uh, kind of in those movie blocks on different networks. And, you know, Godzilla movies uh, would often make would be in the rotation. Uh, so I loved watching it. Certainly when I had a chance and opportunity to get some comic books with Godzilla, uh, enjoyed checking them out. And then for a while, though, I kind of fell out of, uh, you know, following Kaiju, following uh, those types of movies until Pacific Rim came out. First Pacific Rim movie. Really got me excited about Kaiju again. So uh, kind of based off the excellence of, of that film, I kind of went back and revisited things I'd missed over the years uh, and rewatched. And regrettably, the second Pacific Rim movie, not as good, but uh, it did get me excited again about Godzilla. It got me into watching some of the, the more recent movies uh, over the last 20 years. So uh, that's that's about what I have. I don't own a giant Godzilla toy that makes uh that, that does that yell that he does either. So I, in some regards, I'm definitely inferior to Aaron in my kaiju uh, experience. 
Wow. That's a startling admission. Well, do you have, do you have your friend sitting next to you right now? I do actually. He's yeah, right there you go. Yeah, next to him or in his lap, <laughs> like a teddy bear. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of my Godzilla toys make sound either. I've got plush, I've got plastic, I have no sound. Well, I'll be honest. Most of my kaiju toys are from Pacific Rim. Um, there, there was actually a game, a miniatures game that came out of the uh, Pacific Rim franchise that I own a good bit of. So, uh, it's a fun one to play but paul how about you you know i i certainly i grew up with godzilla um you know in, in i don't i couldn't tell you the first godzilla movie that i saw you know based on timing it was probably like godzilla versus mecha godzilla just kind of based on when i was born and, and what was out by that time mecha those kinds of things and i and i distinctly remember that so that that's at least the first movie i remember watching um i grew up v- very much with a giant godzilla toy um, you know, it did not make noise. It was just like a plastic thing that was hollow inside. Funny enough, um, is it I the one? It. Is it the one where it could shoot its hand and like the you could flick the thing on the back of its head and flame would come out of its mouth? Um, I no, I don't think ah. so. It, it was for, for what it's worth. It was it was probably not even like an official toy because it was it was straight up hollow inside. It had blue like painted around its mouth, like it had just breathed fire um or eating blueberry pie yeah or eating (laughs) the blueberry pie it was not posable it it was basically just like i don't know but it was probably like a foot and a half tall um very spiky on the back i just remember it very distinctly and i probably remember very distinctly because it sat in my parents garage for (laughs) probably until like 10 years ago but when your dad said come get this crap out of my garage garage no my dad doesn't say come get this crap out of my garage my dad just throws it away and then Uh, people get pissed when they actually do want uh, it yeah (laughs) yeah that's my dad um but you know uh, and then my you know speaking of my dad he owned a video store throughout from the mid 80s to the mid 90s and so you know i grew up on those vhs releases through that time frame you know which is uh looking at at Wikipedia is called the Heisel era, which included things like Godzilla versus Mothra and Ghidorah and, and King Ghidorah and and that time frame. So I saw a lot of that stuff. And so I just kind of, you know, I've, I have really enjoyed. I'm not the biggest. I, I like kaiju movies. I am not as well versed in kaiju as folks like Wayne, but I certainly enjoy like uh, like you mentioned, Pacific Rim, Andrew, I love that. Um, you know, I've enjoyed many of the Godzilla movies, but looking at them, I've certainly not seen and more, all of them. But, you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I, but I, but in addition to that, I also grew up on things, loving things like Ultraman. Um, you know, Power Rangers was right after my time. But before that, you had things like Kamen Rider. And, you know, so the, the kaiju love has been there my entire life. And since Shin Godzilla, actually, probably more since Pacific Rim, um, we really have seen this resurgence of kaiju cinema, at least in the U.S., right? It, it, it's never left Japanese um, shores uh, as, as in popularity. But in the U.S., I feel like the last eight to ten years, maybe, we've had a steady stream of, of kaiju content. And now, I'm not mad about that because it's yeah. – I, I will say, you know, looking at – the the movies that at least have been u.s produced i haven't disliked a single one of them so i'm very happy about that just prior to uh monarch legacy of monsters i did a whole rewatch of the current uh monster verse american monster verse movies so you know um the you know two different godzilla movies godzilla versus kong kong skull island uh and you know I feel like I kind of held those kind of, yeah, they're fine. But watching them all in chronological order, you know, and back to back to back, um, mm-hmm. those were fantastic. I mean, I, I think they hold together and I feel like they've even aged better. And in the context of Monarch, which we'll talk about here in just a bit, uh, I really feel like the it, it Monarch makes those movies better. I agree. You know? Yeah, I, those I, movies do some serious world building too. Yeah, dropping yeah. little things here and there that will come back. Yeah, I um, it's funny to me. I don't remember. It's only been I'm looking at it, you know, four ish years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Jack 
about King of the Monsters, Mm -hmm. the second Godzilla movie. I I remember pretty distinctly the first Godzilla movie, you know, um, the Gareth Edwards 2014 movie with Scarlet Witch and the Quicksilver in it. Um, (laughs) Except instead of brother and sister, they're a couple. Was that Um, the Brian Cranston film? Yeah, the Brian Cranston one. I remember that one very distinctly, but God and, and Kong Skull Island and Godzilla versus Kong. But for some yeah. reason, King of the Monsters, maybe it's just because of the timing or or if I, I think that's probably the one I've only seen once. I really don't remember much about it. Yeah. And I, so I do need to go back and revisit that one. Well, I think that I, I, I found that my rewatch uh, really raised those movies up in my estimation. And I, I just I was like, wow, this there's a lot more going on here than I really because I, I saw half of those in the theater. Right. If not, if not all of them in the theater. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of that stuff blew by me um, watching it at home and, you know, really having the opportunity to say, what was that again? Uh, <laughs> uh, I really, really, you know, helped the movie in my estimation. Yeah, I really liked Skull Island, really, really liked uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, yeah. Good. There were a good, excellent series of movies. Yeah. 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 And now, now, yeah, I mean, literally just talking about them makes me want to go back and rewatch them. So That's yeah, what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Shh. and it's only four movies. I, well, five if you include, um, wait, one, two, three, no, four if you include Kong Skull Island. Right. It's really not that bad. Well, and Skull Island's important. You got to, you got to include that in there. You, you got to get you got to get Kong's backstory before he shows up to beat on Godzilla, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and to Wayne's point, I love how it hasn't been. It, it hasn't felt forced to me, but they've really done a great deal of world building. They do um, with these movies um, in a way that just has felt natural um, integrating Kong and, and skull, you know, Kong and Godzilla's like backstories and things like that together has really been effective for me. Yeah, I agree. So, so you know, I, I have not had the good fortune yet to see Godzilla minus one. Um, I really want to see it, but I just haven't, haven't had time and, uh, I'm eager for it to come to streaming so I can watch it at you know midnight in my backyard. So, uh, <laughs> Paul, tell me about Godzilla minus one. So we had off of work this past week. Um, so I, I went and saw Godzilla Skull Island and I got to tell you, I have heard many good things. Most people are you like, saw the Godzilla s- Skull Island. What the hell? Sorry, that? Godzilla minus one. Thank you. <laughs> Skull Island has nothing to do with it. Sorry. Godzilla <laughs> minus one. Um, you know, which obviously is not part of the MonsterVerse. So I just want to clarify, it has nothing to do with the MonsterVerse. It's its own, you know, Japanese, um, you know, produced Godzilla movie, the, the latest in that line. Um, but I, you know, I had heard nothing but good things about it. Um, you know, just people have really said it's the second best Godzilla movie ever, right? In that compared to the, the original. But I was, and I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so you're saying, Paul, when I posted in our group chat how great Godzilla minus one was around Christmas time, you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but you're also the only one who keeps saying Eternals is good too. So, so wasn't Eternals sure. is a very good movie. You're very it's underrated. Not. Uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's so, adequately rated. <laughs> well, I, you know, and but here's the thing. I, I, I did. I believed that it was great. I did not believe it was as great as I, I find a lot of things that everyone in the world seems to love. I go in and watch them like, well, yeah, I mean, it was good, but it was but that's overrated. It's not going to change my life. Godzilla minus one is genuinely fantastic. Um, you know, we I, I I was it is. So ultimately, not to spoil anything, just kind of giving a brief overview, which you can probably get from watching the trailer. It's about a kamikaze pilot who, you know, in in around World War Two time frame, abandons his post and the survivor's guilt that he has about that and how through unfortunate circumstance, he comes across Godzilla um, throughout his life. And, you know, it involves a lot of post-war Japan rebuilding of families, rebuilding of, of towns. And, you know, it, it, it's really, you know, for, for people who are complaining that Monarch has a lot of family drama, it is like a family drama with Godzilla mixed in, um, but plenty of Godzilla, unlike so the 2014 Godzilla movie. It sounds like you're describing not Tuesdays with Maury, but Tuesdays with Godzilla. Kind of. <laughs> it is. It is. Um. It, you know. And it's. It is so very emotional. And it is. It is. You know. Like you. You feel the characters. You feel for them. You grow affection for them. Um. And it is just so so well done. And on top of it, 
Godzilla is freaking fantastic. The Godzilla action is so well done. I, I have n- I have not enough good things to say about Godzilla minus one. Um, I'm I'm glad I saw it in the theaters. I will actually see it again um, when they release it. So, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, on January 26th, they're going to be releasing Godzilla minus one minus color, which is, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not just that they're like removing the color from it. They are like digitally, you know, altering whatever the color of the picture to make it appear more, you know, more old school like the original Godzilla film um the trailers out there it looks it looks fantastic i really you know it looks like it's going to be a fun experience so i'm looking i'm actually going to go see it again in black yeah, and white I, I have to say paul that description just sounds so incredible mm-hmm. you know, enough that i might actually rush out and see it today yeah. there is a manga that i love called azadora that is a similar story it's not godzilla it's more generic kaiju mm-hmm. but it's a little girl who experiences the kaiju as a child and then all throughout her life. I really, I, I will say I don't, I don't cry during movies. Cause I have a black heart. Yeah, um, exactly. You, you have no soul. Paul's but like, I got to the I end of this movie say. and I yeah. was like, I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't, don't cry. <laughs> like I got genuinely choked up in, in a freaking Godzilla movie with the, with, you know, the, um, the family drama. And it just was so emotional at the end in a way that I, I haven't felt in a, in a, in a kaiju movie before. I'm like, no, no, or, or no, anywhere. no, what, what's happening? Don't do this. Yeah. I'm, I have to echo that. That's like one of the main things I was going to say is that I, I'm not a very super emotional person. I don't, I don't cry at movies. It's make believe it's, it's on the screen. But when I was watching Godzilla minus one, there's a point where you feel, uh, you know, you can feel the tears start to form and kind of start rolling down your face. And it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And you should see it in the theaters if you can, because uh, the scale and uh, the, the, the sound and the majesty really is going to be lost for most people when they go to their home theater so i plan to i plan to watch it on my phone yeah (laughs) classic aaron i'm gonna watch it on my flip phone same guy who puts ketchup on watch it on my watch uh but no it's the the one thing i will say it it, it's gonna be based on how you feel about the original movies uh so you know i went with family to see it right after christmas in iowa so people who did not appreciate the there, there's a lot of nostalgia with the godzilla to the original kind of 50s 60s uh, like godzilla right um as far as the action scenes and when he's rampaging through cities uh there are some very distinct nods to to the original films and so depending on how you feel about it some some people might feel it's kind of hokey and silly some of those action scenes because uh, they're not uh they're not smooth they're not maybe as uh realistic but uh, i thought it was great i thought it was a great nod homage to the original films but uh, some of the people i was with found that a little off-putting but as far as the emotional drama uh and the interaction between uh the different characters um uh shikishima and his his you know found family uh his found friends and co-workers and, and really some of the best scenes are them him and his buddy sitting around the the dinner table and their little residents drinking sake uh talking about different things uh, that i won't spoil but uh it's it's a very 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 good film and, and I'm excited uh, to see it. I can't it, say it, enough good things about it. I gather it's subtitled. It is. Yes. I think I, I saw somewhere that it's the highest grossing subtitled Japanese film that's uh that's been released in I don't know if it's North America or America, but it's done very well at the box office. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and, um, it's amazing how long it's remained on screens. I mean that yeah. just that just didn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, the, you know, just uh, I was not planning. One of the reasons I haven't seen I, it took me so long to see minus one was um, Jen is not the biggest fan of subtitled movies. She just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she words just, are hard. <laughs> she, well, she's like, I find myself reading the subtitles more than watching the movie. And it takes away from my enjoyment of the movie. I, I, I confess I have the same issue. I, yeah. I used to love subtitles before I wore bifocals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and True. It, it is challenging for me to shift, even though I have those uh, those uh, transition lenses, as we like to call them, uh, rather than bifocals. It is hard for me to shift, and so when I'm when I'm read, reading the movie, I feel like I'm taken out of the visual narrative, mm-hmm. uh, and I find that frustrating. 
In my case, I tend to watch and do other things at the same time for most Mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. And I can't multitask if I'm reading a subtitle. But if it's a movie like this, I want to give it my attention. And that actually is a reason to go to theater versus home because there's less distractions in the theater. Yeah, you're not picking up your phone. Yeah, and I'm not a theater person. But this is one I think I should see in theaters instead of at home. Well, and related to subtitles, uh, there is an episode of What If in the second season this this year uh, that is completely subtitled. Uh, it, w- it was and, good, but it was so annoying to me because I was doing my multitasking thing uh-huh. and suddenly I couldn't do that. I fast forwarded to the end. I was so <laughs> fed up with it because it's subtitled because everyone's speaking a different language in the film other or in the episode rather than English. And, you know, there's part of me that's like, OK, well, nobody speaks this language, um, you know, I, or, or maybe 10,000 people in the world speak this language. Maybe we could, you know, do some hand waving here with all the magic involved and, you know, make this understandable. Yeah. Um, I found it really trying, frustrating. I fast forwarded to the end so I could just see how it wrapped up. <laughs> they were trying to be authentic. They had the tribe actually there yeah. helping them with the language as well as helping them with authenticity of culture. Mm-hmm. But I completely agreed with you. I would have rather them yeah. hand waved it and gave him me English. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So, you know, in terms of Godzilla minus one with the subtitles, I, I, I have bad eyesight. I, I completely relate to that, but I'm glad they did subtitle. Cause I will say the emotion and the voices of some uh-huh. of these actors, uh, I don't, I think would have been lost if you'd had a, uh, you sure. know, American oh, yeah, later on. Cause well, I, the, 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 the uh, there are times when you can hear, you know, even though you don't understand the specific words, the emotion you're hearing in their voices just really, uh, pushes the emotional weight of the movie. Well, yeah. there is, there is a bit of that uncanny Valley, uh, anytime you dub something. Yeah. You know, so, so you do lose, you know, some authenticity. I would I hope that when it's released uh, on Blu-ray, that there are some choices there, though, that you yeah. can you know, make that choice. I'd like to watch it through with the subtitles. And then I, when I rewatch, I think I'd like to, the dub. So like like Wayne, I can look at my phone. <laughs> growing, growing up, the Godzilla movies were really the first dubbed movies I had ever seen. Uh-huh. And it's part of their charm being the. The oh, yeah. terrible dubs that they don't sync up. And how everyone's named Ken. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, you know, the with with Jen, that's why we haven't seen it. Uh, and, well, that's why we didn't see it until this week. And I bring Jen to a lot of genre entertainment, as you can imagine. Yeah. And I can tell when she's actually into a film or when she doesn't give a crap because she'll just I'll, I'll look over and she'll be asleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll straight up sleep. Um, and. She was wide awake the entire movie, and when the movie ended, she's like, that was great, which I was – I mean, I knew I enjoyed it, but she yeah. she enjoyed it just as much as I did, and for a Godzilla movie, very telling. That's so great. I think we're saying Godzilla minus one, highest possible recommendation. You know, check it out. I, 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 I recommend checking it out in color. I haven't seen the black and white version, obviously, yet, but um, I don't know. You know, obviously, it's a different experience. Yeah, I would go see it in color personally, but yeah, but, you know, it's been. But then on top of that, I had not only Godzilla minus one, but I had a little bit of free time this weekend to finally finish off or get caught up and finish off because the season finale of Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is set in the, uh, you know, that current legendary pictures monster verse was able to to get caught up and finish it, Aaron. And I think it's important to note, Paul. That it's, you weren't delayed in finishing it due to an absence of enjoyment of the series. Correct. But you just hadn't had time, right? Yeah. I, I mean, frankly, I got a PS5 for Christmas. I've been spending some time playing Gotham Knights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you're, you know, us, 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 us aging, us middle-aged white guys, <laughs> you know, sometimes you, when, you know, when, when work ends, you're like, I've got an hour of free time Yeah. before I have to engage in, in, in normal life. Do I want to spend it playing a video game or do I want to spend it watching a television show? Um, and so, you know, I, 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 the new shiny was Gotham Knights, but I was like, no, I'm committed to finishing Monarch, um, especially now that it's over. And this week I, I had some time to finish it up and Echo and get started on Reacher. So I am I am like ready. Okay, <laughs> And, and ju- just a, a deviation. Reacher season finale was last night. 
It was fantastic. Oh, damn. Uh, that's all okay. I'll say. And they've already <laughs> announced seven more. It's eight episodes, right? Yeah. And they've already announced season three. So pretty excited about that. Uh, So let me just say this. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, spoilers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the fact that I loved Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I did too. Upside and down. I I had a momentary frustration, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But I have no real complaints about this show. Um, I thought I, I was deeply surprised at how well conceived, how well written, how well produced, how convincing the kaiju were. Uh, there were moments that I was brokenhearted mm-hmm. in it, uh, you know, like devastating loss. And then there were moments where I just wanted to stand up and cheer. Uh, I, I, I thought this this show delivered so much, and not the least of which is Kurt Russell, who looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, in this show and then his son his real life son playing his younger self uh is just a revelation yeah Uh, i i i cannot get over how fantastic the casting was on this because i like everybody despite some original frustration and let me just say the original frustration was the establishment of what i would characterize as a scooby gang to go out and solve monster verse problems. Um, that was, that was kind of my initial frustration and in maybe the first two episodes, but that resolves itself for yeah, me. It's really it, not much of that, right? I mean, there, right. there is a group of people together, but I wouldn't necessarily, you know, but the, the feel like of the show is not that. Yeah. It felt like they were going to get a van and drive around. And yeah. Solve and like look problems. for monsters. Right. Yeah. But it ended up not being that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It, 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 it swerved away from that. Um, I, I have to tell you, uh, as much as I enjoyed the modern day monster fighting, I think my favorite parts of the show were the World War II era flashbacks. Uh, I, I really enjoyed living in that 40s, 50s space mm-hmm. uh, that the show inhabits for so long. Um, I, I, I loved that original team that establishes Monarch um, up to and including, you know, I bill randa that you know who is the younger version of uh the character we see in skull island yeah played by Um, john goodman correct and you know who who clearly ages very poorly (laughs) (laughs) i mean dude um let yourself go but I, I, you know, there are things there. There are soap operatic like revelations that I kept expecting to occur uh, mm-hmm. in the show that never occurred in the show. Um, you know, I'm still like, is Hero uh, Kurt Russell's son? <laughs> uh, but but that never happens. No. Uh, you know. Yeah, and, I was surprised at how that with that resolved. I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I I I, I thought that I mean I. Like every Apple show I've seen, every Apple original show I've seen, the money is on the screen. Um, This was this was uh, feature film theatrical release quality on all of the production. Uh, At no point did I feel like they weren't spending the money and that we weren't getting the effect that we needed to get Um, the flashbacks to the Godzilla movies where they they added um, uh, effects to it and added scenes to it. I just thought that stuff was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love this thing from beginning to end. How about you, Paul? I did too. And just, you know, some connective threads to the larger geek universe. Uh-huh. You know, one of the showrunners on this program is Matt Fraction. Friend of the friend show, of, Matt Fraction. Friend of the show, Matt Fraction. Um, you know, he's one of the key writers. He's one of the showrunners. Funny um, book award-winning writer, Matt Fraction. Yes, during his time on Iron Man. That's right. Um, also, you know, you mentioned Wyatt Russell, who's Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, U.S. agent on Captain America and the Falcon or Captain mm-hmm. America and the Winter Soldier. Um, you know, just a, a lot of and the first two episodes are directed by Matt Shackman, who the is Shack. <laughs> who is, um, you know, one of the, the key directors of WandaVerse, mm-hmm. WandaVision, excuse me, WandaVision um, and supposedly going to direct a Star Trek movie at some point. So. Yeah, I mean, I think if you think of the MonsterVerse movies, so that's Godzilla, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Kong Skull Island as these big action spectacles, 
what Monarch is, is it's, it's a human story set within that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not two hours of Godzilla destroying a city. You do get bits of that throughout the series. You get plenty of kaiju action. Um, you get a little in every episode. Um, but it really is more about this, this group of people, include, you know, kind of tying it, it ties Skull Island in very distinctly with Bill Randa, you know, the, the young version of John Goodman's character um, in this series and how he him and these other group of people basically formed Monarch to begin with, how they lost control of what Monarch ultimately became. And that we see in Godzilla versus Kong, um, you know, this very much this very much is set. Well, it's set all through the, you know, it starts, I think, in the 60s or the 50s and um, ultimately concludes in 2017, which kind of sets it as between the first Godzilla movie, um, I think after King of the, and, and before King of the Monsters right. and Godzilla versus Kong. So it's kind of, yeah. but it, it connects. Yeah, it, it brings you, by the end of it, it brings you right up to before Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it really kind of connects all those all those movies together in a way that, you know, Wayne mentioned the world building of those movies. Mm-hmm. This takes that world building and turns it up a notch and puts very fine points on how this all connects, how it all started, who was involved in it, why John Goodman is so important to the overall story. And I just thought, like, I couldn't get enough of it. Yes, I will say some of the family drama bits, I'm like, OK, like. You know, didn't further the story as much, but the way it all, but it, it, it's still, I think it was a 10 episode series. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those were, were minor complaints in an overall great series. You know, when the show was pitched, when they first started saying what it was going to be, I was worried that it was going to be like what you described, uh, how you described uh, Shin Godzilla, right? That it was going to be, you know, a bunch of guys sitting in a room talking about Godzilla and you could see, you know, a Godzilla movie through the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that you weren't going to get any real monster engagement. But, you know, there is a scene, I think it's at the end of the first episode, where we lose Kay down uh, the chute and she's being attacked essentially by giant roaches. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, that scene still bothers me. you know uh i and and, you know i you cannot help you get to see k all through the series uh in flashback and you can't help but fall in love with her i mean she's just amazing And, and and i mean that i think that's the brilliance of this show is that you know you you're you're automatically going to like Kurt Russell because he brings the risk. He's freaking right? Kurt Russell. Even yeah, though I will say about Kurt Russell, dude can't cry anymore because of all the Botox. Yeah. <laughs> there's one point that's very, that he gets very emotional. I'm like, shed a tear, Kurt, shed a yeah. tear. You can't. <laughs> that's too funny. But you know, Kurt Russell's amazing. And he is. you know, and I got to say Wyatt Russell is amazing. I mean, you, you cannot help but like these guys, Yeah. but the guy who plays Bill Randa, he's great. Uh, the, even the, I mean, I didn't want to like the kids. I liked the kids. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't want, want to. Like... And they they weren't they they were moments where they were a little bit too mopey. But uh-huh. um, I will say that the the one stand the one character that never fully grew on me was May, who's played played by Kiersey Clemens, who mm-hmm. played um yeah whatever character uh, she played. She was in the Flash. She was the right. the love interest in the Flash, uh, mm-hmm. Iris. But she never fully connected with me. But everyone else, I I, I did grow connection to. You know, she warmed up to me by the end of it. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, the point I'm trying to make is that the casting was so strong and the writing matched the casting and gave each one of these characters something important to do. And and they each played a role. And I mean, everyone's got a point of view and a perspective and they've got their their things that 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 are motivating them, just like human people do. Mm-hmm. And yet they're they're dealing with, you know, giant monsters. I thought this show was fantastic. Uh, I have heard a lot of grousing online about it. And I'm like, what the hell did you watch? You know, I, I think mean, people and, just wanted to get away from the, you know, I, and this is what I say. Like people complain about some of the family drama because there is a lot of family yeah. drama in this show. And I'm like if you watch my Godzilla minus one and you love Godzilla minus one, like. That's all family drama, too. It, it, I don't know. It's there's a disconnect here that I um, but because there is there's a lot in both. But ultimately, 
how it world builds and the, the kaiju action, it all ties it together well. Yeah, I I I very much enjoyed it, and I very much enjoyed that the quote science made sense. Yeah, right? you know, and I think that's fractions inter. Uh, you know, fra- fractions really good about that stuff. You know, because in a lot of science fiction, you're like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but the stuff that they were saying, I mean, you know, made sense within the context of the story versus a lot of hand waving. Uh, I dug it, dug it a lot. Yeah. I, 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 will, I, I can't recommend it enough. I will say, I do hope that Apple takes a, a little note from Disney Plus, um, who has started releasing some of their shows on Blu ray and 4K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I know there's a lot of people who don't have Apple TV and I know they're going to wait a little while to force people to get Apple TV to watch it. Yeah. Um, but you know, folks like Wayne who, who are, who's not an Apple fan, hopefully they do release this in a, in a format that you, that you, that will, it'll, it'll make probably more money if they release it. Um, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. some to Blu-ray. If they released it somewhere where I could buy it digitally, uh, or if they released it on Blu-ray, I don't even buy physical media. I would buy this. This yeah. is make this is tempting me to actually subscribing. <laughs> I don't want to give Apple money, but they have so many good shows. I do. They what really I would do. say, Wayne, this is just me. I'm sure there's some type of free <laughs> trial, um, maybe like a month free trial or something. I mean, give it a shot. Watch your Monarch. If you still don't want to continue with Apple, then you can cancel before the free trial is over. But I. The monarch you will is totally up your alley. It's so good. It's so oh, good. No. And Apple has too many for all mankind. That's what I say. Apple has too many good shows. If <laughs> I if I did a trial, I wouldn't unsubscribe because there's so much I want to watch. Yeah, all, all kinds of good stuff. Out there. of all the out of, out of all of the uh, streaming services, I think Apple has the best produced, best written, and best acted uh, TV shows, hands down. I well, mean, I, the Stranger I, Things notwithstanding. I still give it to Apple. Well, you know, the great thing about Apple is, you know, they can afford to do all of these, you know, premium television series and they don't have to make any money on it because they're making money on all their other crap. You know, that this is this is they're just building content and like, hey, look at my look at my awesome TV network. You know, (laughs) it's uh, it's crazy. I I love so much of what what was over there at Apple. And like Wayne, I was reluctant to. get into a subscription relationship with Apple, but, but point, you got tired of me asking you about that lasso. That's well, right. <laughs> you know, I got, it was for all mankind that made me go ahead and subscribe because I love yeah. Ron more. I want to see uh, that show so bad. Uh, it is so good. And I can't wait for the next season. I just finished the most current season and it continues to be awesome and surprising. I, you know, can't recommend it enough. Same with foundation. So, all kinds of good stuff. And Ted Lasso was wonderful. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Speaking of Ted Lasso, and we're going wildly off off topic here. Uh, Andrew, are you watching Fargo? No, I'm not watching Fargo. Oh, my God. This season has, uh, I forget the actress's name. The girl who plays Keeley. Yeah. Okay. And she yeah. is fan-freaking-tastic in Fargo. Where's Fargo playing these days? Uh, it's it was, on it was Hulu. A- was it originally FX? Yeah, I think it still is FX. It's still but it on FX, on but it's on. But no one watches FX live. But well, are you are you watching it, Paul? No, I, I I've not seen any season of Fargo, despite Wait, having a, a great interest in watching it. I just they're never not have. they they are not uh, connected. Each right? season Other, is its own thing. It's a standalone, yeah. kind of like American Horror Story, right? Right. Hmm. Uh, okay. But it, I mean, every season's been good. This one was particularly great. John Hamm is a terrific bad guy. Oh, I love John Hamm. Uh, same here. Same here. Really loved it. Okay, so we, we've been given all kinds of uh, TV and film love to Godzilla and the MonsterVerse. But I got to tell you, one of the things that I am jamming to so hard in the Godzilla space right now is Justice League versus Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, yeah. So issue four came out this past week. And um, has everyone on the podcast read it? I don't want to, like, spoil something. I have not. But you don't you don't feel like you uh, go ahead and spoil things for because I will probably not get to see it. But I do have a question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do they explain why Superman just doesn't pick up Godzilla and fly him into space? Well, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, yes, it is kind of magic because the Dreamstone's involved. So Hurrah. Godzilla has, you know, yeah. a great deal of power. Got it. Got o- it. Over Superman. Okay, I'm with you now. Um, and according to Batman, Superman's not dead. Yeah, he's not, not dead. dead. Even though he has no heartbeat, 
He doesn't um, die like this. We don't even know if he has a heartbeat. You would think that would be something they'd know. You would you, think. You think so, yeah. I mean, yeah. sound waves probably move through that skin, even though he is, you know, uh, yeah. it even does bounce off bullets. Yeah. 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 No, my favorite part of the latest issue is that Aquaman – in it, you know, because there are two kaiju fighting right above Atlantis, including Godzilla. You know, they're breaking through the dome during the battle, and Aquaman's like, "I have to release the contingency plan. I have to, you know." <laughs> he releases the Kraken. The Kraken. <laughs> to Did take you just on Godzilla. Kraken? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Giant two-page spread of yeah. Godzilla and a Kraken and a dragon underwater above Atlantis, and the Kraken is huge. Yeah. yeah. Does he use the phrase, does he say release the Kraken? No, but what uh, one of the other guys, I forget who it is. Green Lantern. Green Lantern is like, did he just release the Kraken? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, the phrase is definitely in there. I still don't know why the Godzilla's fire had the effect it did on Superman. And they're talking about it. They don't know why it had that effect exactly. So I'm kind of. Yeah. I think they'll deal with that. I think we're going to get some answers there. I think so too. I just wrote it off as magic because exactly. you know the Dreamstone. Exactly. I think I think that's got everything to do with it. Yeah, it's this book is so good. The characters are all incredibly well written. Mm-hmm. They're all I, the core, right? It's it, this is like if if this was an, an episode of Justice League Unlimited, like it just kind of gets the core of the characters mm-hmm. right. As long as you know who the characters are, you're good. That's yeah. all you need. You don't need to know current continuity because it's not current continuity. And well, damn, if Lois doesn't twist your heart there. Oh, yeah. In the scene where she's like standing over his body and found the ring. Well, and yeah. it really it really does evoke a lot of the doomsday storyline. Right. You know, the, the death of Superman. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. kind of, it really touches that. But I think one of the things that I've enjoyed the most about this series was, I believe, in, in issue three where Shazam uses his uh, magic lightning bolt to attack Godzilla. And this results in Superman getting knocked down. And maybe, maybe part of it is that the magic of that lightning bolt hit Godzilla and it imbued his, you know, nuclear breath with magic. I, maybe that's, Oh, part of it. that but, makes sense actually, because he charges Godzilla with the, ma- with yeah. the lightning bolt, before Godzilla hits Superman with that blast. So, you know, Shazam feels responsible for Superman's apparent death. And it's really a, a, a nice beat in the story. And, you know, it's something that's carried over into the fourth issue uh, where Shazam feels really responsible for this. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I just I think it's not just giant monster mayhem fun. Um, it is our characters, our Justice League characters behaving as their core selves mm-hmm. um, and really bringing that heart to it and, and that fun to it. This is just, this is so much fun. And I wish it harkens back to the best crossover events, you know, that, that we've experienced over our many decades of reading comic books. Um, I, I, I wish that all events had the ability to do this. Well, uh, the other character I'm really loving is, Supergirl is young and inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. So you get things like she's there in the fight where she's been assigned, realizes that Cal's in danger and flies off abandoning her teammates. Yeah. And then once she's uh, realizes that they're about to die, she has to fly back and rush back. Yep. And yeah. they're looking for her to help uh, find out if Superman's alive or not, but she's off staring down King Kong. Yep. Well, and and can like, we talk about how King Kong and Green Arrow basically team up to take on the League of Assassins? Uh huh. <laughs> That's kind of great, isn't it? I was like, yeah. this is badass. Yeah. They're running team- buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. I'm I'm so digging it. I it's it has emerged as that book that is the first thing I read when it comes out. Same yeah, here. it was a strong week, I will say, for comic books. We, you know, we focused on MonsterVerse this week, but it was a, a strong week for releases. We had a, a you know a new Energon Universe book uh, come out this week, but you know this is definitely top of the read pile when it comes out. And sadly, only three more issues. It's, it's a seven issue uh, series. I guarantee, guarantee that we get a second volume of this. Oh yeah, I mean, because I, I I gather that it's very successful. I, so. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I yep. keep seeing panels of it online all over yep. the place. So it's getting 
plenty of coverage in social media. And it next should. time, Deserve next so. time, Mecha Godzilla. It's coming up, issue five. Yes, I saw pre. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you posted it on the ILM Geek uh, yeah. Instagram stories. Can't wait. Yeah, loves yeah, well, me some Mecha Godzilla. And we saw hints of it this week with Lex. Yeah, yeah. It's just a great book. Just a great book. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. I know that this that this isn't necessarily a comic book podcast, but if this were funny books, this is where I would ask you, what's coming out next week? Well, a bit of a slower week next week in comic books. You know, a couple of new issues from DC Comics if you're reading Beast World or Brave and the Bold. Marvel's latest issue of Gods from Jonathan Hickman comes out. Um, But the big new release next week is from Image Comics, the launch of Ghost Machine, the new um, universe, uh, you know, established by um, writers and artists like Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Jason Fabok, Brian Hitch, Francis Mandipole, Brad Meltzer, Pete Tomasi, and more. Um, they're releasing their their one-shot anthology preview of some of their upcoming ongoing titles. So that's the, that's the big one that we'll be talking about next week. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to talk with you guys about Marvel's Echo. Um, yes. we uh, At least three of us have, have uh, watched it already. Wayne, have you watched it yet? I haven't, but I've taken okay. that as my homework before. There you go. Week. Yes. So it is. I will say it is an. It, it's a quick watch. I think at yeah. the episodes on on average are probably about thirty eight to forty minutes, give yeah. or take, um, and that's including um, credits. So yeah, it's, the, it's, the it's, only it's reason I have it's a quick watch. The only reason I haven't watched is I usually watch my Marvel shows over lunch, and there were pipe bursts at my mom's house this oh, week from the freezing cold. So, so I spent most of my months my lunches down helping my mom. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, it, it, we're going to talk to you guys about Echo next time. We'll talk about uh, the Ghost Machine book uh, and who knows what else all right here at IOMGeek.com. And if you've got a question, comment, want to talk to us about your kaiju love, give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, I-O-M-Geek, on Facebook, Instagram, and X. What a deal. Well, guys, uh, we'll do it all over again next week. Until then, keep up the kaiju love. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.